Hello everyone, welcome to Physics Education. Today on Physics Education, we will be considering bodies in motion along a straight line using varying acceleration. So here's a bit of a background. We are studying bodies and we've said that bodies could either be in equilibrium or non-equilibrium. And bodies in equilibrium are either at rest or moving with constant velocity. We've established that. But bodies in non-equilibrium are essentially accelerating. For bodies accelerating, they can either be accelerating in a number of ways. And one of those ways is motion along a straight line that is moving along a straight path. Under moving along a straight path, an accelerating body can either be using constant acceleration or varying acceleration. The last two episodes have dealt with constant acceleration and so in this episode we'll be focusing on varying acceleration. So let's get on with it. First we'll consider our concepts. The first concept is that acceleration varies with time. So unlike in a previous class where acceleration was a constant value all through motion, for this motion, acceleration varies with time. So we do not have the same value of acceleration all through the motion. Now the second is that change in velocity with time is not constant. So the value of the change in velocity per time is changing, is not a constant value, unlike when the body moves with a constant acceleration. And the third is that time intervals can either be large or very small and we have to consider this when we are discussing bodies varying acceleration as they travel these time intervals can be very small or they can be quite large there is no rule to it it's just varying acceleration so change of velocity is going to be varying with time and there is no pattern to it it's not going to be a constant value it can vary wherever it wants however it chooses and then it's important to remember again that this motion is along a straight line. We are not discussing motion in any other way. We'll get to those, hopefully, but for this class, we are focusing on motion along a straight line using varying acceleration. To derive our equations, we have to build on our concepts. Recall that we have just said that time change can either be very small or quite large. So it can either be quite infinitesimal or massive there is no rule to it to build our equations we consider our concepts as we go along so the first uh, equation is dv dt is acceleration so in our previous considerations we say change in velocity over change in time is acceleration this closely presents that except that this time we are using differentiation because our time changes can be very small and we want to account for even small infinite as more changes per se so velocity rates may be very rapid and therefore this time changes uh, could be very small and using change in v over change in t may not fully represent uh, the value of acceleration so the best way is to go with differentiation and differentiation closely mirrors even the smallest change in velocity per time so dv over dt equals acceleration is written d as in dog of v that is velocity and the t is d you know time and then we have acceleration so that's our first equation dv over dt equals acceleration and then our second equation is dx over dt equals velocity so again the the distance could be very small it could be very large it could change acceleration quickly the distance it travels could be small the distance it travels could be large before it changes and so again to account for even the smallest change in distance for every time 
we use dx over dt where x is our position and t is our time and v is velocity so dx over dt gives us velocity and dv over dt gives us acceleration uh, moving on if we want to for instance get velocity given only time and acceleration how do we do that so we bring in the sister of differentiation which is integration which is backward differentiation so if you're giving dv over dt as being an acceleration and then i want to get v out of this equation i'll have to integrate so if i make the v the subject of the formula you remember how to do that we make the v the subject of the formula we're going to have a dt where a is our acceleration and dt is our change in time the difference in time differentiation of time so if we integrate both sides to get uh, our velocity because what we do on the left hand side we do on the right hand side remember to be able to balance out our equations so if we integrate both sides but we integrate from initial value to final value. There's a script for this and you can request for it. Send me an email at mimiebo at gmail.com and I'll send it to you free of charge. But we integrate from initial to final. So at the bottom of our integral, we write i and at the top we write f. Um, a calculus class is quite essential for this course, which is why this course is usually um, optional for high school students and secondary school education but for undergrad students you would have to study this class and um, it will be assumed that you have a basic appreciation of calculus so you understand differentiation you understand integration and when i say you integrate from i to f you understand what i'm saying you understand how to write the symbol you understand where to put your i you understand how to put your f and when we do that we're going to have our vf minus vi being equal to integral a dt so our vf is going to be vi plus integral a dt right now this equation is going to come in handy as we progress in the class but this is a very key equation in motion along a straight line using varying acceleration so final velocity equals initial velocity plus the integral of the acceleration based on time so a dt of course you remember the acceleration is a function of time the velocity is also a function of time there are functions of time and that is why you can differentiate differentiate with the t so if we do this with the other equation where we have dx over dt equals v we remember where x is our position t is our time and v is our velocity we're still going to have xf minus xi equals integral v dt and if we solve for xf we're going to have xf being equal to xi plus integral v dt again i have to reiterate that um a basic appreciation of integration and differentiation is very helpful but i'm going to give you a few rules to just uh, get you started help you answer a, a, a number of questions basic questions in case this is a class you're studying now and um, you, you don't have a lot of time yet to open your calculus class this is something you need to do by the way you need to study your calculus so it's a fun part of mathematics so i think you will enjoy it you have to know that when you integrate so these are rules of integration i'm just trying to give you a number of them there are so many and you have to take a class to get all of them here are a few rules of integration if you integrate a constant you know what a constant is a constant is like an ordinary number that doesn't have a variable attached to it so if you have for instance k or 
the number two but in this instance let's use an alphabet k to re represent the constant so if you integrate the constant k with respect to x so that is k dx where x is any variable remember these are rules of integration we've passed a little bit on our class to just do a little bit of mathematics we'll get back to our class so x here is not position or anything x here is just a random variable you can the variable can be anything really it can be anything actually so if we have a variable x and then we have um, a constant k and we integrate k with respect to x that is going to be integral k dx we are going to have kx and then we add plus c where c is um, a random constant i'm going to explain that right now so first of all what you're going to get is the constant times the variable so if you integrate k dx you're going to have kx plus c after every integration we always add plus c unless we are certain we have the bounds of integral but most times we add a plus c and a plus c is because there could be a constant that we do not see um i'm going to get ahead of myself and just explain this using differentiation so um, i'm assuming you have a table and on one side you have rules of integration and on the other side you have rules of differentiation so and a rule of differentiation is that when you differentiate a constant is zero so if i have a constant k and i differentiate it with respect to a variable x so if i have dk dx it's going to be equal to zero now let's go back if i integrate now i'm on i'm on the other side of your table integration if i integrate a constant with respect to a variable i'm going to have kx if i differentiate a constant with, with respect to a variable i'm going to have zero imagine i have an equation y equals 2x plus 1 let's say y being a dependent variable is given by 2x plus c 2x plus 1 excuse me where x is the independent variable so we have y equals 2x plus 1 now if i want to differentiate y with respect to x i'm going to have dy dx it's going to be what is 2x if i differentiate 2x i'm going to have like i said i'm just get going ahead of myself i'm still going to give you a couple of the rules so just listen to this um if i differentiate 2x with respect to x i'm going to have 2 now if i differentiate 1 with respect to x i'm going to have 0 so dy dx where y equals 2x plus 1 is actually 2 now because i told you that integration is inverse differentiation if i give you a number 2 and ask you to differentiate uh, integrate it it's supposed to bring me back to y being equals 2x plus 1 so but this is not what is going to happen unless i account for that constant so if i give you two and ask you to integrate you're going to get 2x so integral 2 dx is going to be 2x how about the one that's what i said we always add a plus c because there could be a constant that we are not seeing just because of the rules of differentiation and that is why we add plus c just in case there's a constant that we've lost during differentiation and we can't account for because you just don't know what the constant is it could be one it could be two it could be anything but it's a constant and you don't know for certain if it's there or not so whenever we integrate we tend to add plus c to account for the constants that we could lose during differentiation that we do not see when we're integrating Okay, fantastic. So let's continue with the rules of integration. The second is if I integrate a variable x 
dx integral x dx i'm going to have x squared over 2 plus c by now you understand why i'm adding c. and this closely follows the third rule which is if i integrate a variable with the power for instance integral x raised to power n dx is going to give me x raised to power n plus 1 over n plus 1 plus c as a whole number then the next is when we integrate a reciprocal for instance we have 1 over x integral 1 over x dx is going to give me lane x and lane is um, a logarithmic function if you have a calculator you will see it's ln or written in small letters an exponential integral ex dx is going to remain the same so the exponential value is not affected by the integral sign and if you remember that the integral is an inverse differentiation that means that the exponential is not also affected by this transition. So d e raised to power x dx is still going to be e raised to power x. For logarithms, if we integrate integral lin x dx, I'm going to have x lin x minus x. Now on the other side of your table, um, let's come back to rules of differentiation. If I integrate a variable with respect to itself, so dx dx, the variable is x and I'm integrating with respect to x, it's going to be dx dx and it's going to give me one so if you integrate it if you differentiate sorry if you differentiate a variable with respect to itself you get one if you differentiate a variable with the power dx raised to power n dx is going to give me n x raised to power n minus one so listen to this rule again if you differentiate a variable with the power x raised to power n for instance dx raised to power n dx equals n x raised to power n minus 1. If I differentiate an exponential like I've just said, I'll get an exponential. Uh, and when I say an exponential, I mean e. It's on your calculator if you also check, it's e. If I differentiate a log, d lin s dx is going to give me a reciprocal. It's going to give me 1 over x. You remember the rule of the integration where if I integrate a reciprocal i get a log so if i differentiate a log i get a reciprocal fantastic um there are so many other rules there are some rules there are quotient rules there are so many other rules out there and uh, you should take you should take a calculus class I, I always say that basic mathematics is almost a necessity for physics courses but calculus is also essential i mean it's essential and as we go forward you're going to meet you're going to see the need for it uh, more and more so now we have a couple of equations we have we're back to our physics class now by the way we have dv dt equals acceleration equals a we have dx dt equals v as velocity we have vf equals vi plus integral a dt and we have xf equals xi plus integral v dt fantastic and there's another equation which is average velocity we had about two or three equations for average velocity for motion along a straight line using constant acceleration but that does not hold here and we have only one equation for average velocity which is change in position over change in time so average velocity is given by the distance traveled over the time taken we cannot find it anymore using initial velocity and final velocity because this, if we plot an acceleration time graph, you're going to see this clearly that it's not the straight line, and so we cannot just do that. And uh, therefore, when a body is moving along a straight line using varying acceleration, the average velocity is given by xf minus xi 
over tf minus ti average velocity is given by xf minus xi over tf minus ti fantastic we have five equations now and i'll go through them again the first is dv dt equals acceleration and when i say dv dt i mean differentiation dv dt equals acceleration dx dt equals velocity final velocity equals initial velocity plus integral acceleration dt and final position equals initial position plus integral v dt so vf equals vi plus integral a dt and xf equals xi plus integral v dt and we have an equation for average velocity which is xf minus xi over tf minus ti so average velocity excuse me equals xf minus xi over tf minus ti uh, it's important to know that most of these equations all of these equations actually that we have just derived for motion along a straight line using Varying acceleration also hold true for motion along a straight line using constant acceleration. But the equations for constant acceleration do not hold true for varying acceleration. I'll take that again. The equations that we have just derived, and you can test this, equations for motion along a straight line using varying acceleration also hold true for motion along a straight line using constant acceleration. But the equations for constant acceleration, that is motion along a straight line using constant acceleration, do not hold true for motion along a straight line using varying acceleration. Fantastic. Let's get on with the illustration. So our illustration is going to be an offset from the illustration we use for motion along the straight line using constant acceleration. But the difference is going to be that this time we're going to have a relationship that shows us the relationship between acceleration and time since it is not a constant value, since our acceleration is changing with time. If you wrote that, that illustration now, please, you can read it out and then compare. But this time, for the driver in our previous illustration, if given as it was given then, that at a time t 15 seconds, he was 5 meters away from the traffic light, traveling still at a velocity of 10 meters per second. But this time, his acceleration is not constant and is given by the relation acceleration equals kt. The value of the acceleration of the vehicle this time is given by acceleration equals kt, where k is a constant having the value 0.02 meters per second cube and t is time so i'll take that again at 15 seconds he was five meters away from the traffic light traveling using a velocity of 10 meters per second the value of his acceleration is not constant all through motion and we have studied it and found that the relationship between acceleration and time is giving us acceleration equals kt where k is a constant which is 0.02 meters per second cube and t is time so acceleration equals kt the question what is his position and velocity at time two minutes so this time if the vehicle is not traveling using constant acceleration or using varying acceleration and we've been given the relationship between the acceleration and time the value of acceleration and time we've been given a relationship what will now be his velocity and position at time two minutes i'm going to give you five seconds to write on what we have write out what we need to determine and then we'll solve this together let's get back to it we've been given a value for time which is 15 seconds value for position which is five meters we can consider all these as initial values so initial time initial position initial velocity and we'll be given a relationship between acceleration and time which is a equals kt where k is a constant 
and we have the value of the constant to be equal to 0.02 meter per second cube. We are tasked with finding velocity at a later time and position at a later time which we consider vf and xf at a later time which has been given to us as two meters two minutes and two minutes if we convert to seconds is 120 seconds so in solving we have to remember our equations acceleration has been given to us as kt but also remember from our equation the first equation acceleration equals dv dt if we come down to the third equation we have the vf equals vi plus integral a dt and we are searching for vf now this integration is going to be from initial to final so it's going to be integral a dt from i to f from initial to final because we're going to be taking into consideration the initial time and the final time so we have vf equals vi plus integral a dt which means vf equals vi plus integral k e dt vf equals vi plus k t squared over 2 moving from initial to final and if we do that we are going to have vf equals vi plus k over 2 into tf squared minus ti squared this is calculus and if you want the script i can send to it I can send it to you, shoot me an email at mimeboa.gmail.com But if you were in your calculus class, then you will follow what I'm saying and how I'm, how I'm integrating Do a little bit of, go to Google and search integration You might get a, a bit of appreciation for the class If we do that and we substitute our values for TF, for TI, for VI We're going to have VF to be equal to 151.75 meters per second I'm going to give you the equation we arrived at again VF equals VI plus k over 2 t f squared minus t i squared so k over 2 goes into t f squared minus t i squared excellent so that is what we have and our final velocity is going to be given as 151.75 meters per second we're going to find position pretty much using the same um, steps we have that position dx dx dt equals velocity and we have a relationship for velocity and acceleration which is dv dt equals acceleration so we have dx dt equals velocity and dv dt equals acceleration if we integrate to find velocity we're going to have v without expanding without moving from initial to final just having a first relationship we're going to have v equals k over 2 t squared plug that in into integrating that to get x we're going to have x equal k over 6 t raised to power 3 we're going to have x being equal to k over 6 t raised to power 3 so wh what i did here was to integrate integral dx equals integral v dt and i have my v to be k over 2 t squared dt so if i integrate k over t k over 2t squared i'm going to have remember our relations t squared if i integrate that is going to give me remember from our rules of integration 2 t 2 plus 1 over 3 so i'm going to have k over 2 times 3 which is 6 into t raised to power 3 so k over 6t cubed so uh the relationship for our position is going to be xf equals xi plus k over 6 t cubed and now t cubed because it's going from initial to final is going to be tf cubed minus ti cubed so our final position is going to be given as xi plus k over 6 
tf cubed minus ti cubed and if we solve that putting in the values of tf ti and xi we are going to have 5696 meters away if the relationship between acceleration and time is giving us a equals kt where k is a constant giving us 0.02 meter per second cube then at time two minutes which is 120 seconds the vehicle is going to be 5696 meters away from the traffic light what this means is that the driver has been changing acceleration his rate of change of velocity has not been the same and so the value of his acceleration has not remained constant if you compare these values with what we had with motion along a straight line using constant acceleration you see that they differ significantly a place we can find a real life applicability of this is in traffic data analysis and we could use this to infer the state of roads without actually physically inspecting roads if vehicles are usually slowing down and speeding up and slowing down and speeding up and there's turbulent traffic or what we call holdups then it could tell us a story about the state of the roads well how what are the condition of the roads are there a lot of roadblocks are there a lot of potholes are there a lot of uh, traffic obstructions what do we have on those roads that are making vehicles to speed up and slow down and change the acceleration so frequently but this is realistic most vehicles will travel using varying acceleration these varying accelerations can tell us a story if we analyze them and we can uh, pick a life lesson from this right away we our journeys are going to be very unique and very peculiar to us as we travel through life as we travel through whatever uh, whatever businesses or whatever career paths we have chosen for ourselves and it tells a story and these stories are unique to us these stories help us make decisions these stories if we look at them we can decide to know we can learn what to do how do we improve what does this say about my life what does this say about my journey what peculiarities are here present in my own journey it can be very um, useful for making informed decisions um, this is what we'll call it today today on physics education thank you for listening and until next time practice physics mm -hmm.